I'm uh, preaching out of the book of Habakkuk. Uh, so if you would like to turn there, if you have a Bible, then uh, uh, we'll, we'll start off with chapter 1. The, uh, I, I think what uh, initially attracted me to this, to this book was, was uh, as I said before, his statement in verse 5, when he says, Look among the nations and see and wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. It's a fascinating statement to see that in God's word, but, but there's a lot here. Um, the, the, the book is interesting. Habakkuk is a prophet, yet uh, there's really no new prophecies in his book. There's nothing new that he says there. Um, his prophecies that are in there have been said many times before, most notably uh, the prophet Jeremiah has said the same thing very clearly, uh, what uh, what the prophet Habakkuk is told by by the Lord Himself, and uh, so that's interesting. Uh, it's uh, but what's what's powerful about this book is not so much the the revelations that he brings. They're they're important. They're good, but the reason he brings them, and the 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 journey that this prophet is going to take of faith that he's going to learn about through this book and through the prophecy that the Lord is giving him. That's very powerful to us. And that's a, and that's a information, that's a revelation that, uh, that God's people desperately need. They desperately need it at the time uh, that Habakkuk lived, and they, and they desperately need it now. They've needed it throughout the ages. So, so in that sense, it's a powerful book. There's, there's great... Uh, there's, there's great things to learn in this book. So we'll start off, if we read the, the first few verses, he says, O Lord, how long should I, shall I cry for help, and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and, and contention arise. And, uh, and, and, it, it, uh, at first glance, it looks very much like the day that we're living in. In one sense, we may look at that and say, why do we see it? We see violence all around us. We see strife all around us. We see uh, you know, the iniquity of the people. We see strife and struggling and wickedness and things that, uh, that just a short time ago we would never have dreamt of happening. It's inconceivable. It would have been inconceivable 30 years ago to to see the the this transgender nonsense that going on now, and and the, uh, all the strife of this of this world that's so obvious around us. It's it's uh, it's it's incredible, and uh, and so it sounds very much the same as as what uh, Bacchus is seeing. And uh, but you have to look a little closer. He says. So the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth, for the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. And, uh, and, and so I think what you, when you look a little closer, what you see is Habakkuk is not amazed, he's not surprised, he's not discouraged that the unregenerate are acting wickedly. That he knows. That should never be a surprise to any of us, that the unregenerate act wickedly. Of course, they do wicked things. They're, they they follow the works of their of their father, the devil. They that's what they do. Of course, they do wicked things. 
That's what they want. That's what they crave. That's what they love. Those are the things that the wicked do. That's never, that should never be a surprise to, to God's people that that's what goes on. It should not be a surprise to us now. That's what the wicked do. The unregenerate do not love God. They do not love his law. They do their own thing. They, they follow a different father, if you will. They, 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 they march to a different tune. They don't do the things that, that, uh, that God's law directs them to do. And that's really what, what Habakkuk's complaint is. So he says the law is paralyzed. It has no effect on them. The law is not doing anything for them. They're not obeying the law. They're not following it. And, uh, and so that's what's grieving Habakkuk so much. Well, it, uh, um, you know, I, I do think that, uh, that what Habakkuk was seeing in his day is, in that sense, very much like what we've seen over the years. You know, we've, uh, I remember a time, we've talked about this, before, I've certainly said it before many times, that that uh, in years past, when, when you went to church, the churches were filled. There were lots of people in the church. And, uh, um, and that, that was not a surprise, but that was the culture of the day. That's what people did at the time. And, and uh, what, uh, what was also very notable was that they didn't follow the law either. They didn't follow God's word either. They didn't pay any attention to it. In, in, in many ways, and we look around us now, and we see that uh, throughout the churches, we we see churches behaving in ways that are just absolutely inconceivable. Uh, in so many ways, they, it, it's like Broadway shows going on uh, to entertain people. They they preach things that make people happy, um, but not the, not the truth. And so we see. Uh, it's no surprise that, that uh, divorce among the, the unregenerate is very high. I don't know what it is, it, it, it's, but it's very high. Actually, very few of them even get married these days. What's the point of that? Just live together. Um, if, if you're going to ignore God's law and not pay any attention to it, then just live together uh, because you're not going to stay together any, for very long anyways. So it just makes it easier, I guess, for them. And, and we, but what, what, what is stunning and uh, what, I, what I would say is m- very much like Habakkuk is talking about, but what about God's people? You know, divorce among God's people isn't much better. It's about the same. And in fact, a great many of God's people choose to live together rather than get married. I was speaking to a, a young man not very long ago, I believe truly is saved. And, uh, and we, we've spoke many times, we prayed together many times, and, and, uh, and he, he admitted to me that he was living with his girlfriend, and you could see the shame on his face and when he told me that. And I said, you do understand that that's a violation of God's law, that's sin. You're living in sin, you do understand that. And uh, he said, yeah, I know, I know. And uh, I said, well... To tell you the truth, the, the true test of, of, of Christian faith is if you continue doing that. If you continue living that way, then I guess you and I both know that you're not really a believer. Because God does not let his people continue in sin like that. He judges them. He says so in his word. He takes action. He trains his people. He will do something. And, uh, and you will change. So I said, I told him, if uh, I, I guess if... If you repent and and uh, and stop doing what you're doing, um, then we'll we'll know whether you're truly saved or not. And amazingly, he said, "Yeah, I know. You're right. We'll see." 
So I guess we'll see. But sadly, you're not going to hear that preached in churches today because that offends people, and they're, and they're going to leave if you say that. So God's law is paralyzed in many ways, even today. It has no effect. It's, it's not followed. It's, it has no effect on the people. They're not living by the law. And it's, it's God's law that, that we're to live by. It teaches us how to live. It teaches us how to, how to love one another. You know, we're told to love one another. Not, not just the lovable ones, but we're told to love one another, even those who are enemies. We're told to love them. That's dramatic. That's, that's incredibly powerful. It's, that's in, it's impossible for the unregenerate to do. They cannot do that. That's why Jesus said, that's how they know you're a true believer, by your love for one another, because you can't do it on your own strength. You don't have the ability. But a true believer who has the spirit within them is able to love one another. That's God's law. That's how we live by God's law. Oh, how we've, we've ignored it. We've rejected it. We've shoved it aside. We'll talk about all kinds of things that make us comfortable that we love to talk about. But we don't like to talk about God's law that tells us how to live, that tells us how to obey him. You realize that God tells his people to go to church? He tells his people to be faithful at church, to, 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 to attend. We have visitors here who, who are on vacation and yet you're traveling. I'm not, I don't know if you're on vacation, but, but you're traveling. And, and, uh, and yet they stopped in where God's people are meeting. That's what God tells us to do. He, says, he tells us to be faithful in attendance so that we can support one another and love one another and, and encourage one another. That's what God's law tells us to do, yet that is, that is completely ignored by the vast number of people who would call themselves Christians. And, uh, and that's the time that we live in today. That's the sad reality of our day, and that, like Habakkuk, ought to grieve us too. That, that, that's something that we ought to, like Habakkuk, get on our knees and pray about. It's, oh, Lord. How long? How long will this continue? How long will you allow this to go on? We watch these things happen, and yet it seems as if you take no action. Father, it seems as if there's no justice that's prevailing. How long, Lord, will you allow this to go on? That our cry ought to be the somewhat the same as the Habakkuk's here. And, uh, but to really understand where Habakkuk is uh, and his... Um, how he views things, of course, he is he is living in a in a day long before Christ. I think it's I don't remember something like six hundred or more years before Christ, something like that. And uh, uh, so this is long before his coming, and uh, and he views God's people, of course, as those who, in one sense, as the descendants of of Abraham. Those are God's people, but yet he also knows that. That doesn't mean that they're truly all God's people. Those who are God's people obey him and obey his law, and that's what he's, he's crying out about. Um, but yet uh, Habakkuk, has li- Habakkuk has lived during a time um, that's very interesting. That the, uh, he, it doesn't say for sure when he lived, but most likely it was during the reign, either at the end of King Josiah's reign over the southern kingdom, or, or uh, if it wasn't, Part of his reign at the end, it was it was probably at least it was certainly 
the reign of his sons, which uh, only a, a few of them will reign after that, and 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 they will they will reign in Judah. And no no doubt he lived during that time. But Habakkuk most likely saw uh, the reign of Josiah, or at least the results of Josiah's reign. So it's 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 interesting to know then what was going on at the time. Uh, Hezekiah, if you remember, was was a very good king. Hezekiah uh, did the will of God. He, he followed the will of God, and he did good things within the land. And then when Hezekiah died, Manasseh, his son, took over. His son took over at the ripe old age of 12. And, uh, and he, he ruled the land. I should also say that, uh, that the northern kingdom, Israel, is now gone. They're dispersed. And now it's just the southern kingdom that remains. And, and so Manasseh uh, did a great deal of evil in the land. Manasseh uh, completely corrupted the the temple. He he brought in cult prostitutes. He brought in Baal worshippers and and the Sheerapoles and and could just completely corrupted the temple. He did he did incredible wickedness throughout the land and uh, um, set up many high places for Asherah and and uh, uh, did did a great deal of evil. Um, and then when he died, Amon, uh, his son, uh, took over. Well, of course, not surprised, he did the same thing. He did, he did great evil in the land, too. Uh, Amon, though, was murdered by his, by his own servants who conspired uh, together, and they murdered him. So he, he only reigned for a couple of years. Um, so then they took Josiah, and uh, Josiah uh, was Amon's son. Josiah um, was, was a mere eight years old. When he reigned, and uh, and so they put him in place. Josiah re- uh, reigned for uh, thirty-one years, and uh, and and so jo- Josiah did a great deal of good in the land. Um, of course, I, I, you know when when he did good, an eight-year-old uh, doesn't doesn't rule and reign. An eight-year-old does what he's told to do for at least for a period of time. So, so I, I don't think it was the eight-year-olds. Uh, idea to do things, but no doubt there were good people. There were good leaders who who helped him and, and directed him and guided him until he was old enough to do things on his own. Now Jeremiah came on the scene when uh, when uh, Josiah was uh, was twenty one years old. Josiah, I mean uh, Jeremiah, began to prophesy when uh, Josiah, King Josiah, was uh, twenty one years old. And Jeremiah was a very young prophet, a very young prophet, and uh, and Jeremiah's prophets over and over again, prof- Jeremiah over and over again prophesied that there would be judgment on the land, that God was going to judge, and then in fact later on he made it very clear that God was going to bring in the Chaldeans. In fact, he was raising up the Chaldeans to come into the land and take them all captive. And uh, and and at one point even in, made it very clear that not only were the Cal- God raising up the Chaldeans to come in and judge the people for their wickedness, he was going to uh, he was going to put them in captivity for seventy years. So let's take a look at uh, um, briefly with uh, at, at King Josiah in Second Kings chapter twenty two, verse eleven. Um, it says, when, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes, and the king commanded Hilkiah the priest and Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Shaphan and 
Akbor, the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan, the secretary, and Isaiah, the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. And, and, I, and he didn't say the story, and I meant to say that first. Uh, what happened was uh, when Josiah um, was 26 years old, somehow Josiah uh, decided, and, and it doesn't say, I don't know, I like, I like, I, 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 I would like to believe that uh, that Josiah at the time heard Jeremiah's prophecy in some way, and uh, and heard that there might be judgment. And, but anyways, at some point he instructed his people um, to to go and uh, um, and see if there's any money in the coffers for the temple and to rebuild it and fix it and repair it, get it back into shape. And so he sent his people there. His people went. They've they uh, searched through the temple. They found the writings of God. They found the word of God in that temple, and they read it, and it convicted them. And they brought it back to, to the king, and they read it to him. And, and so that's where we are here. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded his people then uh, to, uh, to find out about this and ask God, and he did. And for... Uh, and he said, For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. He was convicted by that. That ought to be the, the, um, the attitude of true believers. That has to be our attitude, to be convicted by the words of this book. Um, over and over and over again, God has said, I'm coming and I'm going to judge. We know that Jesus is coming, and one day he's going to judge the people. He's coming in judgment, and yet the world looks at that and hears it over and over again and says, I don't I'm not concerned. I'm not worried about it. It's not really going to happen. They ignore the, the clear warnings, the clear writings of, the, of God's word that he's coming in judgment, yet they pay no attention to it. Even God's people seem to pay no attention to it. But Josiah did. Josiah paid attention to it, he heard the words of the, of the Lord. And in the, uh, chapter 23, verse 25, it says, Before him there was no king like him, God's word said, who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. Uh, still the Lord did not turn from the, bur- from the burning of his great wrath, by which his anger was kindled against Judah, because of all the provocations with which Manasseh had provoked him. And the Lord said, I will remove Judah also out of my sight, as I have removed Israel. And I will cast off this city that I have chosen, Jerusalem, and the house of which I said, my name shall be there. And so uh, Josiah, when he was king at, at the age of 26, he instructed his people then to to enact great reforms within the land and and he cleaned he cleansed the temple he put back the the priests he tore out all the uh, shira poles and the and the baal worshipers and he got rid of them all he cleansed it all out of there in fact he made a law that you must you must return to the law and and follow the feasts and and the days appointed and all those things josiah did and he commanded that the people do that. And, of course, what did the people say? We will do all that you command. 
the people did all that he commanded because he's king. And when a king commands that, that's what you do. That's the law. That's what you follow. That's what they did. And, uh, and so for the time that, that King Josiah reigned, those 31 years, less, I suppose, because uh, he didn't start until 26. So, uh, so for those years that he remained, that, that he remained as king of Judah, Judah experienced great peace and goodness. There, there, were, there, the, there was no more of these, of these things that, uh, that Habakkuk is now complaining about violence and, and, and iniquity and, and the law is paralyzed and uh, the lack of, uh, of proper law and abiding by the law. Those things were now being followed during the reign of Josiah and, and the land experienced great joy and peace during those times. Um, but then Josiah died. He was actually killed in battle. And, uh, and his sons took over. And, uh, and, and they did wickedly uh, in the sight of the Lord. They were very evil people. And, and, uh, and, the, land, and the, the, the people returned back to the wickedness that, that they had known before the king took over. And you, you'll, you'll, hear, you'll hear people say often that you cannot legislate morality. And uh, this might be an example of that, but I would say no, it's absolutely false. Uh, you you can legislate morality, and that's exactly what our legislatures ought to be doing: is legislating morality. That's what we expect them to do. That's what they're elected to do: is legislate morality. And and it's easy to prove that. You know, God says that thou shalt not steal, and we have laws that prevent theft. Uh, God says thou shalt not murder, and we have laws that prevent those things. Uh, no, you legislate morality. It's ex- precisely what what government ought to be doing is legislating morality, and uh, so that there might be peace in the land. We're told to pray for our leaders. Um, I don't expect it would be wonderful, but I don't expect our leaders to to become faithful believers and and uh, and do what what God tells them to do. I don't expect that to happen. That would be great. But I don't expect that to happen. They're, they're generally wicked, self-centered uh, people, generally speaking, and that's not fair to, to say because some of them are, are hardworking and they do their level best to do right in the land. And, and those people we certainly ought to support. But, but sadly, a great many of them are wicked people out for their own gain, out for their own power. We see that all around us now. And, and, uh, and, and they're not... They're not legislating, they're no longer legislating God's law. Uh, and in fact, I think that's why we see the change that we see so dramatically now. You know, it, uh, it, it, was, it was easy uh, years ago to, to show that, uh, that abortion was murder. You're killing a baby. That, to me, sounds an awful lot like murder. And, and it's a horrific murder because you're killing a, an entirely innocent child that cannot in any way, shape, or form, protect itself. Um, that sounds like murder, but now uh, it's, it's quite common. And in fact, not only common, uh, according to uh, many of our legislators, you're wicked if you, if you don't agree with that. Um, and in the, in the, the, what they're doing is they're trying to change the morality. You can't do that, of course. There is no morality outside of God's law. There is no morality there, but, but that's in really what they're trying to do. Rather than legislate God's morality, they're trying to come up with their own version of morality and legislate that. 
That's what we're seeing now. And, uh, and that's the sad thing of it. That's what ought to grieve us. Um, not so much because cause we have anything to fear. We don't. As God's people, we don't have anything to fear. But, uh, but it's sad to see that happen in, in a country that once revered the law, the true law of God and the true morality of God. That's sad to see. So, yes, you can legislate morality, and you ought to make, we ought to legislate morality, but that's not going to change people's hearts. And it didn't change the, the, the people um, of the southern kingdom. It didn't change their hearts either. Uh, even though Josiah did good, and he did the right thing, he did what he should have done and what he ought to have done, and God praised him for it. So there was none before you or after you. Uh, you did great in the land. You legislated good things. It didn't change the hearts of the people. They're still wicked. And uh, it controlled them, but it did not change them. So you cannot, you cannot do that through legislation. And, uh, and so Jos- uh, Jos- I mean, uh, Habakkuk is, uh, is, is understanding that now. So, so Habakkuk is crying out to God, God, here is what I see. I have prayed for these things. This grieves my heart to see this happen in, among my people, among my country. This is grieving my heart. How long, O oh Lord, will you allow it to go on? How long will you allow it to go on? I think that Habakkuk, no doubt, knows, he knows about the, the prophecies that, of Jeremiah has given that judgment is coming. In fact, there was uh, an interesting uh, event where Jer- Jeremiah was a very dramatic prophet. I suppose he had to be because he was younger. But, but, uh, but where he came before the king at the time and, and, uh, and had a yoke that he made on his back and he said, this is what's going to happen to the, to the, to the people of Judah. They're going to have this yoke on their back. It's going to be the Chaldeans on their back, Babylonians. They're going to, you're going to be in their bondage for 70 years. Well, Hananiah was a false priest at the time. And, uh, and he came in and he took the, the, uh, the yoke off Jeremiah's back. He broke it and he said, not so. The Lord says that but two years. And then, uh, and then he'll crush the head of the Chaldeans. Isn't that wonderful? Well, who do you suppose they believe? The one who's, who's giving God's prophecy or the one who's given the, the good news? The bad news or the good news? Well, they believe the, the good news, of course. And, uh, and they paid no attention to Jeremiah's prophecy and sent him out. That's, uh, so Habakkuk's complaint here, I think his, what grieves him so much is, 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 Lord, I see these things happen. I see the wickedness in my land. I see all this disparity and, and, uh, of justice and, and uh, the murder, the violence, the, the iniquity that's going on, the, the, the uh, uh, chasing after false gods and, and uh, all the sexual immoralities. All these things are rampant before my eyes. I see them. It grieves him. And yet he knows that God has said, I'm judging. I'm going to come. I'm going to judge. I, I, I'm going to do this work. What are you doing? How long, Lord, will you allow this to go on? And so Habakkuk gets an answer from the Lord. In verse 5, which I read already, he said, Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. And he's going to tell them. And he's going to say, 
For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation who march through the breadth of the earth and seizing the things that don't belong to them, murdering and killing and, and destroying everything before them. I am sending those people in. I, I, it's, uh, it, it, it's kind of funny because it, it, it says you won't believe this if you were told and then it seems as if he's telling them what I'm doing. Um, I don't think that's really what's going on here. I think what what God is doing here is he's saying, I am, I am doing a work. Uh, look among the nations and see. Look at that. See what's going on. I'm doing this work. And wonder and be astounded by it. Because um, it is a wonderful thing. It is, it, is a, it is an incredible thing that God is doing here. He says, for I am doing a work in your days. It's going to happen, Habakkuk. It's going to be in your days. You're going to see this. Uh, that you would not believe if told. I think it's more than the fact that he's raising up the Chaldeans to come and judge them, to come and, and uh, take the people into captivity for a period of seven years. And we know that, uh, that they're going to be taken, of course, they're going to go into captivity for a period of 70 years, and after that 70 years period is ended, they're not all going to return, but the faithful will. The faithful will return. Those who, those who desire to see God's glory return, those who desire to see the, the temple restored and to its proper place will return, and they'll do that. And, uh, and that's, we, Habakkuk doesn't know that, but, uh, but we know that because we have it written in God's word. We see that. That's what happened. God is doing a marvelous work. And uh, I think that's part of what he's saying there too. But we also know that that uh, uh, the Apostle Paul used this, uh, this passage here in Acts uh, 13. Verse 38 um, Paul is is uh, is preaching in the temple. That's what he what he he generally did. He went to the temple to uh, to Jews and preached to them. And uh, and what did he preach? Well, he didn't he didn't tell them stories and, and anecdotes and those kinds of things. He gave them the word of God. He preached to them the word of God. He he took from of course the Old Testament because that's all they have at the time. And uh, he took the Old Testament and he showed them through God's word, how Jesus was to come, how he was prophesied, how he was to come, and how he, how he came now and uh, was crucified on the cross. And, and he explains to, to God's people the truth of, of God's word in this way. And, and in verse 38, and he's done this, he's done this in the temple, and there was a, and there was a crowd of people there. And in verse 38 he says, Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that... Through this man, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest what is said in, this, in the prophets should come about. And then he's going to quote Habakkuk. He's going to, going to use his words. He says, Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish. For I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe even if one tells you. I think 
that what God is, is saying here is, is, yes, I'm, you know, you know that the Chaldeans are coming. You've already been told I'm raising them up. They're going to come and they're going to judge the people. They're going to take the people. I'm going to use this wicked nation and they're going to come and, and take the people captive and, and, uh, and take them out of here. But what you don't know, what you don't understand, Habakkuk, is I'm doing a work that you just would not believe. This work is astounding. Through that, through that process of, of uh, changing the people and cleansing the temple, so to speak, I am going to, I'm going to do a work that's so marvelous that, that you cannot understand it now. And all these things are going to lead up to that work. And, uh, and I think what Paul is saying there is the same sort of thing. It's in the Word. Trust the Word. Believe the Word. Unless you're like those in Habakkuk's day who ignored God's Word. Um, because here is God's Word. Jesus the Christ is coming. He's going to crush the head of Satan. He's going he's to come as, a, as the Lamb of uh, what Pastor spoke about here. He's going to come as that perfect spotless lamb he's going to hang on the cross he's going to die for for the sins of his people and he's going to be raised again believe that work unless you ignore it like the people in Habakkuk's day did don't do that i am doing a work god said that is incredible a work that's beyond our understanding uh, beyond our our grasp it's in there he tells us but it's still beyond our grasp how great it is how magnificent it is. And then, he's, and then of course, uh, God goes on to tell uh, Habakkuk, which I've already read, about the wickedness and the vile nation that, that he has raised up, that God has raised up. He didn't make them vile or wicked. He, he allowed them to continue in that way. And then he used them. And then he brought them in and he, and, uh, to judge his people. And uh, and so Habakkuk now is 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 torn. He's 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 obviously troubled by this because he desires for his people to to know the word of God and live by the word of God and trust God, but yet God is raising up a wicked people to come in and judge them. And uh, and so he says, "Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God?" In, in verse twelve, "My holy one." We shall not die, O Lord. And, and, and I should say, if, if, you had, if you don't see it already, what Habakkuk has done is, is this, his whole book is really in a song form. It's, it's a psalm. It's, it's, it's meant to be sung. And uh, it's meant to be sung for a reason for which we'll see. But uh, um, it's, it's, he's wrote it in that way so that the people would hear it and understand it and learn it. And so he says, O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment, then you, O rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of pure eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallow up the man more righteous than he? Lord, why are, why are you using this vile, wicked, godless people to come and judge those who are better than them? And uh, why are you doing this? It's your people, Lord. Why are you allowing this to happen? You make mankind like the fish. Uh, he's talking about the Chaldeans here. The Chaldeans make mankind like the fish of the sea, 
like crawling things that have no ruler. He brings all of them up with a, with a hook. He drags them out with his net. He gathers them in his dragnet. He, so he rejoices and is glad. It is the, the Chaldeans are, are gathering up people like a fisherman in a net. They're, they mean nothing to them. They're just fish. And they, and they gather them up and they rejoice over what they're doing. Therefore he sacrifices to his net and it makes offerings to his dragnet. For by them he lives in luxury and his food is rich. Is he then to keep on emptying his net and mercilessly killing nations forever? In other words, these people, these wicked people are coming in. They're, they're taking everybody's property. They're taking their lives. They're, they're robbing, raping, and pillaging and doing all these things. And they're, they're, they're becoming wealthy from it. And they're so happy with what they're doing that they, they literally even worship their own power. Um, and that's why God said uh, in, in, in verse 11, Guilty men whose own might is their God. That's their own might. Oh, how this country has to be careful. Uh, our power, our, our, the power of our economy and the power of our military are not our might. And, and, and if we think they are, then uh, this country is in for a, for a severe lesson because it can be crushed overnight. And uh, God one day will rule. And so he says these people come in and they, they take whatever they want. They're doing all these wicked things, and in his cry to God is, is he then, are they going to keep doing this? Can they keep emptying his net and mercilessly killing nations forever? How long will you allow this to go on, God? And, uh, and, and so then the Habakkuk is, is resigned to this. He understands that God is going to do this. He doesn't understand why. But he understands that God is going to do this great judgment. And so he says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. He's waiting now. Lord, here's my complaint. I don't understand. I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand how a godless, wicked people can continue doing this, how you could use them in that way, and how long you'll allow this to go on. So I have said my piece, and now I will wait in, in silence until you answer me. I will wait for that. And the Lord does answer. And the Lord answers in, in verse 2, and he says, in chapter 2, and he says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. And I think what he's what he's indicating here is is what he's saying is write this down, Habakkuk. Make it really plain. Make it simple to understand, so that people will understand it. And then you give it to the runners, and you let them run out there and give that message out to the people. And make it simple enough so that they can give that message to the people, and they can make it clear to all the people that they run and give that message to. This is powerful. God has given a message out to His people. To, to, his, to the ones that he loves, to let them know, here's what's going to happen, and here's what you need to understand during this time. And so he says, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It's not going to happen just yet, Habakkuk. It's going to come. And he says, it, it, it hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it, if it, it hastens to the end, it will not lie. In other words, it's coming. Uh, it will come in truth. Uh, if it seems slow, wait for it. <laughs> that too. It's, it's kind of like uh, the, the verbiage you might hear today. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's going to happen. And pretty quick here. 
That's, and that's what he's saying here. If it seems like it's slow, wait for it. It's going to happen. It's coming. It will surely come, and it will not delay. In other words, it's going to happen at the perfect time, at the appointed time, at the time I have determined through, through unknowable wisdom to happen at that time. It's going to happen at that time. He said, Behold, his, his soul is, is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. And, and that's, the, that's the, the key verse here. That's the most powerful verse here that, that uh, Habakkuk is being told. But the righteous shall live by faith. That verse is repeated in, in, uh, uh, in uh, what is it? I forget now. It's it's uh, it's repeated in Romans, of course, uh, in uh, um, uh, chapter one, verse sixteen. Paul said, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew, Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in for it for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For it is written, the righteous shall live by faith." And uh, and he says it in Galatians. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God, uh, uh, before God by the law. No one's justified by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. It's not law keeping that's gonna that's gonna uh, keep us as as God's elect. It's faith that does that work in us. And uh, um, and in Hebrews he says therefore. Do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward for you. For has a great reward for you have no, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come. And um, my soul has no, and he will not delay. Sounds the similar thing. It's exactly what he's saying. He's repeating back it here. Uh, he said, the coming one will come and, it, and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. It's faith that, that, uh, that separates believers from unbelievers. We have faith. Faith that was given to us. It's not our work, lest any one of us should boast. It's God's work in us that he gives in us. This is what Habakkuk didn't truly understand. This is the, the, the powerful, great message that is going to get God's people through a great time of, of, of difficulty, a great time of testing and trials. It's faith. The, the, the righteous will live by faith. And then he goes on, and, and, uh, and, and I realize I'm, I'm, I'm running short here, so I'll, I'll hurry up a little bit. Um, God says that I'm going to judge the Chaldeans, the Chaldeans, this wicked people, are not going to get away with this forever. I'm using them right now. They're going to judge, and they're, they're, they're going to come in, and they're going to take God's people, and they're going to take them into captivity, and I'll, re, and I'll release them from captivity in my time. In, in 70 years, they, they, they'll be released. But he says, I'm going to judge them too. They don't get away with this. They will be judged fully for what they're done, for what they have done. And, and, and he says that in, uh, in uh, uh, verse 6, he says, uh, um, for how long, he says, and, and he loads himself up with pledges. 
and will, it will not your debtors suddenly arise. What, he, what God is saying here is, is the Chaldeans are coming in. They're doing all this wickedness, vile, wicked, evil things. They're not, they're not taking anything. Everything they do is really more of a loan, in a sense. They're borrowing, in a sense. And, uh, but they're borrowing from a loan shark because they're going to pay back heavily for what they've done. They're going to pay back, you know, far more um, for what they've done. That's what God is saying here. These, these aren't, uh, they're not taking anything. They're pledges, they're loans, they're borrowing, and they're going to pay it all back, every bit of it and more. They're going to pay for what they have done. And, uh, and I'll, I'll um, move along here. And, and, and God says in, in the verse 14, why is he doing this? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord one day. Uh, it's going to be filled with that knowledge one day. They're going to see all these things. One day, we'll all see these things played out. We'll see the, the incredible wisdom and might of God. We, we say, how long, oh Lord, will, you get away with, will they get away with these things? Oh, there'll come a time. And there'll come a time when the whole world will see the, the justice of God. They'll see it all and be filled with his glory. And so Habakkuk is now seeing these things, and Habakkuk's uh, attitude changes completely um, from, from what it was before. Rather than, oh Lord, why are you doing these things? Why are you using such wicked people to do these things? Uh, now he begins to see the, the might and the power of God and that he is doing a great work and that his word is to be trusted. And so his his uh, his attitude has completely changed, and we see that in the last chapter, um, uh, Habakkuk is is praying to God, and, and he says a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, according to the Shigunah. It's 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 he wants it to be put into song so that everybody sees it. Oh Lord, I have heard the report of you and your works. Oh Lord, do I fear in the midst of the years? Revive it uh, in the midst of the years. Make it known. Uh, in wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman, the Holy One from the Mount uh, of Paran, and uh, his splendor covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light, rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled his power. He's, what, what, uh, what Habakkuk is doing here is now he's remembering, now he's gone back to what God has done. He's seen what God has done and how he has created in great glory, how he took God's people now um, from captivity in Egypt and did great works for them. He protected them. And he's, and he's going to go over that in chapter 3. He talks about those things. He talks about how God, uh, how he stopped the waters of the rivers and, and divided the oceans and, and how he did those miraculous things. He's reminding himself and others um, of what God, the, the powerful works of what God has done. And, uh, and he says in verse 13, you went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. That's what you have done, God. Now I look back at the things that your mighty hand has done, how your great works, how your faithfulness, and what you have done in the past. And he's, uh, Habakkuk's tune is now dramatically different. 
and uh, and, and it's somewhat like Job when when it, it reminds me of him greatly when Job in his great turmoil and and suffering cried out to God, "What are you doing? Why is this happening? He may answer me." I want to know. I need to know these things. And when God did answer him, and, and he didn't tell him, of course, why he did what he did, he, he just reminded him of who he is, that I am God. Were you there when all things were created? Were you there to guide me or instruct me in any of these things? No, of course you were not. Uh, you're just a simple man. And, uh, and so now we hear that in, uh, in chapter 3, verse 16, Habakkuk says, Here am I... I hear, and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us. I'll wait for your judgment, God. I'll, I'll quietly wait for these things. I'll endure the times that we ha- that I have to endure, knowing that you are God, and you're doing a powerful work, and, what you're, and your ways are beyond reproach. They're beyond question, and I will not question you any further. I realize who I am. I'm a weak man. And so he's waiting. And then we see what I've read in, in uh, verse 17. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the, of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. Now, when you read this, because uh, we tend to be dramatic in, in our day about, about things, and so all these things happen, yet I will do right. I, I will trust in the Lord. That's not really what he's saying here. What Habakkuk is doing, he's, he's taking an actual account like Jesus said, you better you better take stock. Can you afford this? If you're not willing to 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 uh, suffer the loss of your own family, then you're not willing to be his servant. That's exactly what Habakkuk is doing. See, he's not he's not saying this in dramatic to be dramatic. He's saying, I know, I know what's coming. I I, I know that the fig trees are not going to blossom because the Chaldeans are going to come and take the people. And uh, we're not going to enjoy the blossoms of the fig. We're not going to have figs. And then the olives, it's, it's not going to happen because he's going to take the people and not, nobody's going to be there to, to tend or to harvest to do any of these things. He's going to take all the flocks. So I know that, that there's not going to be any flocks in the stalls. All these things are going to go. He knows these things. He's actually taking account of them and saying, I know this is coming. I know this will happen. Yet I'll, I'll, I'll trust in the Lord. I'll do that. I'll wait on him. And I'll wait on his judgment on, on his day, in his time, because I know it's coming, because his word is good. Wait for it. It will happen. And that's what we need to do today. We need to, we need to hear this message, not brought to us by runners, but by God's word written down for us so that we can know it and study it. Yes, judgment's coming. Yes, there will be suffering. Yes, there will be hard times. There will be struggles ahead. Um, but God's coming, and he's going to judge, and he's going to reward his people, and he's going to change us. He's going to change us in the in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to be raised to be with him in his glory, and uh, and that day is coming. So that's the strength that we need to, to take from Habakkuk's word to us today. Thank you. Let's pray.
Father, we uh, uh, thank you for your word. We thank you for its truth. Father, that uh, although Habakkuk's word is, is ancient, uh, yet it's, it's, it's current at the same time. Father, it's truth, and we can count on it. It'll come in all in your good time. Father, thank you for the salvation that we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen.